Conclusions and beginnings. Beginnings and conclusions. Happens in every aspect of our life as we think about what goes on and what we do in the beginning. Sometimes the beginnings are good and the conclusions aren't so good. Sometimes the beginnings are not very good, but they come to a good conclusion as we look at our life and the things that are going on and being a part of it. We like to think that we're in control of all that goes on in our life and being a part of it, and the world likes to help us think that way. It likes to make us think that we're not accountable, that we're not responsible, that it's always someone else's fault. It's someone else that caused this to happen. It's some circumstance that's greater than we are. It's some judgment that's been made by someone else that affects what we do and how we do it, and we don't really have a whole lot to say about what's going on. The world wants to let us off the hook. It's never our fault. It's never anything. We're not accountable for the things that we do and the things that we are being a part of that time. But I want to submit to you this morning, and I know you already know this, but I, I want us to think together, not only because it's senior day, but because it's important for all of us to understand that there's another aspect to the story than what the world tries to tell us, than what you and I find ourselves dealing with day by day in the living of our lives and the things that are going on. The, the world wants to say either that we're free and autonomous and that we can do anything that we want to, any way we want to, any time we want to, we're completely in charge, or it goes completely in the other direction and says we're, we're self-determined. We, everything's determined at life, at birth, our genetics, our DNA, all these things are all set and set, and we don't really have a whole lot of choice about what we are and how we act and how we live. It's already been self-determined for us as we look. But there's that third part, that third story, that's important for us to look at and be a part of it. We're all familiar with the story of Joseph, and you'll remember uh, his account and the things that went on, and you'll come to, toward the end of the book of Genesis, and there we find the account of Joseph's brothers who sold him into slavery, you'll remember, standing before him now as their judge, fearful, because he has the power to take their lives. He has the power to dish out the punishment that they so richly deserve. Let's listen to his words in Genesis chapter 47, excuse me, 45, in verses 4 through the first part of the 8th verse. And I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we listen. Remember the setting. Joseph's brothers are there, but standing before him, they've sold him into slavery. He's gone through all kinds of things in his life because of that, but now he finds himself in a place of great power the lives of his brothers at his disposal. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Please come closer to me. And they came closer. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve you for a remnant in the earth and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. And especially these words, Now therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh, the lord of his household, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, confirm in our hearts what 
we say we know as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is that you play a vital part of our life. That there's more to the living of our lives than just the everyday going through the motions of doing the things that we always do and doing them over and over again. There's more to our life than what someone else dictates to us or, or what we feel like somehow we've been born into and can't get out of. There's a greater story, a more important story. A story that speaks to the very depths of our being. A story that lifts us up to the heights of glory. A story that allows us to look into that which you have done for us through Jesus Christ and understand that there is a plan and a purpose for our lives that is so much greater than anything this world has to offer. So much greater than anything someone can dream up. But rather it is the plan and the purpose of the living God, the creator of all things for each and every single one of us. Father, sometimes those around us may have some intent for our lives, but you have a greater intent. That's what Joseph was saying. You meant this for harm in my life, but God had a greater purpose. God had a greater intent, a greater desire, a greater outcome in mind. Father, I pray this morning that you would help each of us to understand that the life that we are living now is not simply a life that is given to us that we have no control over. It's not simply a life that we go through the motions about and we do this and we do that and we make one decision and then another decision and we hope it works out for the best, but rather that we have a life that is a gift, that we have a life that has been blessed by the power of the eternal God. We have a life that has been redeemed by the purposes of God through Jesus Christ and that we do have the ability to live a life more full and more complete and more amazing than anything that we could ever begin to believe apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And so just remind us of the truths that we know, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, as we think about these things, this other story that's completed, what we need to know is it's not just what someone does to us or even just what we do to ourselves but that God has a plan, that God has a purpose, that God's at work in our lives. And we may not always see it at the moment. We may not always understand it, but there's probably not a person in this room that couldn't look back and look at their lives and see, you know, I, I didn't understand it at the moment. I didn't know why I was going through that. I didn't know what that was all about. But as I look back and see what God's been doing, I see God's working in my life and how he's been preparing me and, and helping me to get to the place where I am now for, to face whatever it is I may be facing or deal with whatever's going on in my heart and in my life and the things that are going on. See, the Bible says that Jesus Christ in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 is the author and the finisher of our faith. That means that Christ Jesus came and began that that story that began before the creation of the world and put it into history and form and place so that we could see it and understand it and experience it and wrote it out for us to see. And he is the completion of that, that redemption, that story for us as we look and as we understand. So God is a part. If you're a Christian, God is a part of your life. He's a part of all that you are and all that you're doing. And if you're not a Christian, if you've never truly accepted Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, God's still at work in your life because he's trying to help you come to that place where you realize 
realize the ultimate need of your life is Jesus Christ. More important than success or anything else this world has for you is the need of a walk with the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of your life. That's what he's trying to direct for all people to see and understand as they look together and they see that Joseph said, you meant this for evil. The world has its intent. It wants to shape you. It wants to make you what it wants you to be. It wants you to fit into its mold and to be a part of that thing. It wants you to teach you how to think and how to act and how to be a part of it so that you act the way everyone around you wants you to act. But God has a greater plan than that. God doesn't put any of us in a mold. See, none of us are exactly the same, thank goodness. None of us are ever going to be like anyone else. We are unique and perfectly designed. The Bible says in Psalm 139 that God has looked at us and we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That each and every one of us are unique in what God has done. A, a purpose and a plan for all that we are. And I want us to understand that today. That we have a plan and a purpose in our life. It doesn't matter whether we're children, whether we're young people, whether we're graduating from high school, graduating from college, whether we're looking at the fact that i got to go back to work and do the same old thing tomorrow that I've been doing every day for the last year and years and years and years and nothing ever changes. It all seems to be the same. Or whether we feel like we've reached a place in our life that we're so old that we're not of any use to anybody else and we don't have any real value to anyone and we can't really contribute to anyone I want you to understand this morning that you have a plan and a purpose in your life designed by God and that he wants to use you wherever you are whatever you're doing and he wants to continue to use you as long as you have breath in your life he is a part of this world, a part of what's going on. It's an amazing story that he has as he looks at it. Max Lucado said in his book, Begin Again, Jesus doesn't come to, restore, to change the jungle that we're in, but rather he comes to restore the hope of our life by giving us himself. See, not always, our, our lives all aren't going to be perfect. We're not always going to have circumstances that we desire. God doesn't say, because you became a Christian, I'm going to make everything walk according to the way you want it to, and all your dreams are going to come true. You know, we tell graduates and other people that if you can dream it, you can do it. And whatever you want to do, you can be. That's just not true. The world is fighting against us in everything that we do, and you can have great dreams, noble dreams, powerful dreams, and fall flat on your face. Because we live in a sinful world. We live in a world in where everything is fighting against you. But we have a God who is greater than the world. We have a God who is greater than the circumstances that we live in. We have a God who is able to take us even when we do fall flat on our face and pick us up and say, I have a plan and a purpose for your life. And there's nothing that can stop you. You can fall and you can fall and you can fall and you can fall, but you'll never be a failure in the eyes of God. You can look here and you can look there and you can try to be all the different things that God, that the world wants you to be and you'll find yourself gaining maybe the whole world and having lost your soul. And what have you gotten? Nothing. But I have a purpose and a plan. It's not haphazard. It's not, it's not just something that comes along. See, the world tries to explain everything that comes into our lives with some psychological term or some sociological term and wants to say, well, it's because of this and because of that, and, and that's just what you are and what you have to be. We like to look at our families and say, well, I was raised in a, in a family that was all kinds of problems within it. It was just disruptive. It was not healthy. There was nothing good about it. I had a lousy dad. I had a lousy mom. I had a lousy family. Whatever things were going on, we did this we did that, we had to move here, we had to move there, we had, all of that is a bunch of bullock. 
God gives you the hope and the opportunity to step above your circumstances and to be greater than anything this world can throw at you and know that I can live life at its fullest and its most, at its most amazing life level because of what God is doing in my heart. Because of who I am in Christ Jesus. He changes everything. When Jesus Christ said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, Behold, anyone who is in Christ is a brand new creation. All those old things are passing away and everything is becoming new. He was saying to us, I have recreated you, not in the image of the world, not in the ways of the thinking of this life, but I have recreated you in the makeup of the Lord Jesus Christ and the character of His nature, and I am helping that to become a part of who you are so that every circumstance in your life, the good and the bad, is all being used by me in order to help you become more and more like Jesus Christ. That's what Romans 8 says as we look at verses 28, 29, and 30, that all things work together for good. For who? For those who are called according to God's purposes. And that good that it works for is that we become more like Jesus Christ. That we're able to impact our world. That we're able to make a difference in the things that we are and the things that are going on as we look and understand and being a part of it. See, it's so easy to blame everything on my circumstances. Well, I didn't have as good a life as some people. Other people had a better start in life. They had more money or they had better things. They had this or that. They had a better education. They, they had more powerful friends. We can always find people who have all the advantages as we look at it and, and say, that's why I never got to achieve the things that I wanted to achieve. But that's just a lie of Satan. Because God's at work in our life. Now, I may not, receive, I may not reach all the successes that the world deems as being great, I may not be known and written up in the papers and have things said about me that change, makes people want to follow after and dream the things that I dream, that want all the things that I have, but I have something that can never be compared to everything this world has. See, I have a relationship with the King of the Kings and the Lord of Lords. The creator of everything that is is my Father. Did you, do you understand that? He's your Father. He is the one who wants to pour out his blessings upon our lives and wants to help us to know and experience all the things that are there. There's another part of the story. It's not just about what the world is saying. The story, the question that you get asked, and I bet you've been asked a hundred times or probably a whole lot more than that, what are you going to do after you graduate? Heard that question before? We hear it every day in our own lives. What are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do with your life now? You got this promotion or you didn't get that promotion. You got a raise. You heard the bad news of some illness. What are you going to do now? What's next? Well, on the one hand, none of us know what tomorrow holds, if we're honest. We know what we'd like to be. That's what the book of James tells us. Don't be one who is so foolish to say, I'm going to go do this, 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 and this, and not take God into account because God's a part of all of it. But what we do understand, see, that question is too simple. The question that we need to ask ourselves is what are we going to let God do with our lives now? What are we going to let God do in each of us? We've all heard that old saying that says, today's the first day of the rest of your life. Well, it's true. It is the first day of the rest of our life. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to say, it's just like every other day? I'm just going to do what I've always done, be what I've always been, are we going to look up into the heavens and we're going to see the God of the universe 
And we're going to understand that God has a bigger plan for me than anything I could ever dream for myself. That God has a bigger purpose for my life than any purpose that I could ever achieve for that which is going on. My life matters. I matter to God. I have worth in God's eyes. And God can use me to make a difference in someone else's life. Can you imagine the wonder of what that would be like to come to the end of our lives and to be able to look back at the end end and be able to look back and say that somebody's life has been affected for the good, for the positive, because I allowed God to work in me. If only one life was changed for the good, Because you lived your life. What an amazing, successful life you have lived. And see, that's true for all of us. Today, I can decide that I want my life to matter for God. Today, I can decide that no matter what my circumstances are, and no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm dealing with, good or bad, it doesn't matter. No matter where I am in the process of my living, today, I can determine that I want my life to matter for God. I want God to be able to use me. I want God to be able to do something in me that will change not only my life, but will affect the lives of those that I encounter in the living of my life. That it'll make a difference in who they are. It'll make a difference in how they live because God has worked in and through me and all the things that go on and being a part of it. What are we going to do with the choices that we have? What are we going to do with the life that we've been given? That's, That's the question for each of us. We start today. I can look back to tomorrow, yesterday and all the yesterdays of my life and I can, I can spend days and hours in regret. Oh, I wish I'd have done this. And I wish I'd have done that. And I was at this place and I made the wrong decision. I should have made that other. We can live in regret all the days of our life. Or we can accept what Paul says in the book of Philippians. Forgetting what is behind me, I press on. I press on to the mark of the high calling of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where we are. That's where you are. That's where each of us are. We're at that place where we can discern today that I will not allow that which has happened to me to dictate who I am, to determine who I am, but rather I will choose today to allow God to be God in my life and to allow what God wants to happen in my life to be the influence that that directs my path, that directs the way that I live and the things that I do and all the things that have been going on. We've been given a gift, a great gift, a gift of life, a gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. We've been given the opportunity, with gifts come responsibility, to live life the way that God wants us to live it, to live life the way God grants it to us and to be a part of it. So in your heart today, remember, not just about you, you're not, we're not just there for ourselves. We've been bought with a price, according to 1 Peter in the first chapter, he says, we weren't purchased with precious jewels and gold and all those kind of things, but with the priceless blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we are not our own, but we are His. And because we are His, we can live life to the abundance of what Jesus said. I've come that you might have life, but that you might have it in its abundance. 
And we don't define abundance by the way the world defines it. We, that's too cheap. We define abundance by what God says. He, he is the Lord of the universe. He is the creator of all. He is the owner of a, know, a thousand hills. Everything belongs to him. And in the abundance of his living, he gives us his life. And he says, here is the gift I give to you. Here is your future. It begins today. What will you do with the gift of today that you might continue to experience the wonder that I have for you in the days of your life and all that's going on. Congratulations on graduating. Congratulations to each of you on being able to be alive today in the most remarkable moment. We see the evil, we hear the tragedies, we hear all the bad news. But I think maybe it's time to come back to the book of Esther. And hear one man tell another woman, who knows, but that you were created for this very moment, for this very day, for this time. That's true of all of us. We live today because God wanted us to be here today. We have an impact we can make, a purpose. So I would say to you, Dakota, and to each of you, great privilege lies ahead of you, but let me just share the prayer of the book of Numbers with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And may that be true for each and every one of us as we understand that God has a plan and a purpose for us in this life.